This is Content Academy. And on today's show, we have Michael O'Neill from SoloHour.com. We speak to Michael all about the natural order of monetization, how to find the white space, and why patience is the key. Creating great content, finding an audience, building engagement, monetizing your blog. This is Content Academy. Yes, hello, and you're very welcome along to the Content Academy podcast. I'm Phil McGrath, joined with Paul Caffrey as I am every week. Paul, what's up with it, my man? All's good, Phil. Yeah, things are moving very, very fast, and I'm just uh, enjoying the rides at the moment. How about you? <laughs> yeah, it most certainly feels that way. The 30-minute blogger is in full swing. We are banging out content to beat the band, and we have another great podcast episode lined up today. Of course, as regular listeners of the show will know, we do like to pre-record these, and this one was done probably about a month ago. And uh, unfortunately, I had a small family emergency and couldn't make the recording. But Paul, you held up the show like a real trooper. Yeah, it was uh, it was great that there was nothing serious, so nobody needs to get worried. And uh, Michael was an absolute gent, a great man to chat to, and actually forgot I was even doing a podcast. We just went off and talked and talked and talked. So thankfully, it's been edited down by your good self. So it's just uh, the relevant information, I suppose, and, and relevant content, which is going to be on it. But uh, just a great show. Just a, the man has passion. And that really comes across when you're chatting to him. Yeah, listen, it certainly does. Uh, I obviously went and had to have a listen to it afterwards because I wanted to hear what Michael had to say and indeed your good self, Paul. And there was plenty in there from Michael about uh, about really when you're blogging at the start and your topics and kind of some of the key fundamentals that I think some people get wrong. And I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to give away all that good stuff. But uh, I tell you what we'll do. Um, we will head over to Michael and your good self, Paul, and we will catch up with you good folks at the end and uh, go through some of it then. Yeah, absolutely. Here is Michael O'Neill from SoloAir.com. This is Content Academy. And as I said, we've got Michael O'Neill from SoloAir.com. Michael, how's it going? How are you? I am so good, Paul. Thank you. And I want to apologize in advance in case I call you Phil because they're too close and he's not here. And so now I'm going to make that mistake. Yeah, that's okay. I'll (laughs) I'll only take minor offense to that, Michael. It's all right. Right. You you won't be the first person to do it. So it's all good. Um, To to keep things fair, though, if it were just him, I would call him Paul. So just just so you know. There you go. I'll I'll, I'll make sure to keep a note of that. So how have things been? How are you keeping? I'm really well. I, I had a wonderful Christmas here in San Diego, which is odd because there's no snow. And coming from the east coast of the U.S., uh, I'm typical, you know, there's typically yeah. a lot of snow. So it feels a little more like Christmas. But, but um, you know, it's interesting to, to be looking out the window at palm trees. And then there's also Christmas ornaments. That's an odd juxtaposition. I... I can understand that juxtaposition because I spent last Christmas in Brazil. Um, so that's where my better half is from. And it was, it was intriguing because Christmas on the beach, everybody's party and it's barbecue food, probably similar to, your, to yourself right. yeah. there. So uh, I was a big fan of it. You know, I, I think I'll go back and try it again. Um, I suppose well, the- I know from my time in Dublin that, that uh, it, it's like if you're not there with a scarf, 
it will just bite right through your skin. Oh, yes. So, that's true. Yes. It's, been, it's, thankfully it's been, why scarves were invented. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and they can look kind of cool, too. Um, so they, I suppose, certainly can. Um, without going off on too many tangents about Christmas holidays and plans and this and that, um, we, at the Focus of Content Academy, we kind of tend to help people who are getting started or in that process of got a, a level of success with their online business and you know maybe they're a little bit shy to step away from the, their full-time job and go online full-time um but with that in mind uh michael you've had a really interesting journey when it comes to creating content today is there anything that you think is is really really key for people to, to keep in in mind while doing so i think consistency probably is the the first which is there it's really really likely well, a couple things it's, first of all, really, really likely that no one's going to pay any attention for a while. So you have to be patient, way more patient than you think. I think that's one of the first yeah. issues. I, I coach a ton of people, and I have for the last few years. And if there was one thing I had to identify as the kind of the number one uh, usurper of success, it's that people don't have enough patience. Just kind of stick through the part where no one cares. And What's weird about it is that for some reason we haven't associated online business with the rest of the world. When we, when we look at the rest of the world and how people achieve success, if you think about, about an actor or a musician, yeah. actors, actors were in a you know, hundred commercials or have gone to thousands of auditions for free where Absolutely. no one knew who they were before they got a, a part. I'm a, I've been a drummer my whole life and I can't even... I can't count the number of times I've played, you know, to an empty room and made 25 bucks at the end of the day or or zero, you know, at the end of the day uh, before you get that, you know, uh, hey, by the way, we're going to play Red Rocks. Uh, OK, yeah, yeah. Let's Red Rocks, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. So so it's I think that in and of itself is the is the biggest issue, which is the don't be afraid to sort of continue down that road yeah. and to frame it, I think is if you think about how, if you think about Hollywood, uh, USA, it's how uh, they have a thing called pilot season. And pilot season is hundreds of TV shows that people are trying to get on the air. So they, they spend their own money. Uh, they spend small investment money to yeah. try to create a single episode of, let's say, a 30-minute a sitcom, so 22 minutes of, of something. And it'll cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And of those... 200, maybe they'll take 40 and look at them. And of the 40, they'll take about 12 and put them on the air. And of the ones on the air, you'll get one or two that, that last a few seasons or maybe that will become a hit show. So don't be freaked out. Excuse me. If your podcast isn't an instant hit or, yeah. you know, no one reads your blog for a while. It's just that you have to, you've got, there's a, such a, a confluence of timing and content and, quality that has to happen all at the same time for it to work so if it doesn't yeah. work the first time you do something else and that's just how this game is i'd agree with that wholeheartedly especially in uh, my other business the fantasy football business myself and phil ran i remember getting really excited going 10 people have read my blog today and then i was like you right. know then there's a hundred now there's a thousand and then you get up to those those much much larger numbers like you know there's two hundred thousand people on the blog over the last you know x amount of months fantastic it doesn't right. happen did you, overnight did you say fantasy football Yes, yeah. But oh, you mean like soccer? You mean fantasy soccer, like football? Exactly, football. yeah, yeah. International English football. Premier wow. League. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know you guys. Of course, you played fantasy. I didn't realize that because we have fantasy football here, but it's the American version. 
Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's much. I, I I find it very funny where the players always say, you know, pick me for your team, blah blah blah. In England, uh, where the where the football is based, it's a little bit understated. <laughs> the players, right? They don't That's tend so to, to hype themselves up so much. But really popular. About four million people are playing it over here. So we started. I, I suppose without getting into the backstory, because I suppose the listeners are familiar to with it. Um, essentially, it was just a hobby blog, which actually turned into a business, which is how we then moved on to run a number of online businesses over the last ten years or so. So it's it's one of those things where what kept us going at that what kept showing up was it was a, it was a hobby it was a passion and I think that's quite important as well that you pick something that you really really like that you would talk yeah. about for free now we don't want to talk about stuff for free forever we want to eventually monetize and get some money in so we can actually you know make that better and give people a better experience um, but again fundamentally um, that is key how to build and monetize your blog this is Content Academy. Is, have you any tips, Michael, to uh, for people to to be able to, I suppose, stay consistent and you know keep showing up if if things aren't going well? If you know, how should they spread their time versus creating content or you know promoting on social media? Well, I think that the primary driver of consistency is is want. So you've got to really want to talk about what you're doing uh, first of all. So you can't get into something. A good example is when Snapchat kind of was a tidal wave earlier in the year. Yeah. People, people out of the gate said, oh, I'm going to start a Snapchat blog or I'm going to start a Snapchat podcast because that's what everyone's doing right now. But they weren't that into it. It wasn't really their thing. They just knew that people would be paying attention to it. So I think that's very different than, you know, if you're really into English Premier League and you just like talk to all your friends about it and you'll bore people off their stool <laughs> at, the, at the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then, then that's the thing you're supposed to be doing. That's the thing you're supposed to be talking about. So I think first and foremost, you've got to find the kind of content that you love so much that you're willing to do it whether anybody listens or not. And I'm literally in the process of doing that right now. I just, you, you and I just spoke about um, yeah. going to Vegas. I'm going to Vegas for a conference called CES, which is the Consumer Electronics Show. And I'm going there primarily. Well, two, I have two reasons. One, I'm going to talk to some potential podcast advertisers for my show. And then two, um, there's, I have a new podcast coming out because in, within the last few years, I've gotten uh, really into like high-end stereo, two-channel audiophile stuff. And I'm starting a new show called Beginner Audiophile. <clears throat> and we've got a couple episodes in the can, but, uh, and we're, I'm just going to go and talk to the manufacturers and get a bunch of review, hopefully a bunch of review copies of gear and, and listen to them and all that kind of stuff. But that's something I could talk about for hours and hours and hours. And I'm going to do this show and I don't really care if anybody listens to it or not. I just, yeah. I, you know, a buddy of mine and I get to get a bunch of free gear sent to us. We get to tinker around with it and listen to it and then talk about it. And we hope that somebody will listen to it at some point. But but that's I'm not going into it going oh how do I monetize this? Yeah, right? that's absolutely massive. The passion will be there. You'll find an audience. You'll make a connection. And look, maybe it'll monetize. Maybe it won't. You know, maybe it'll just be something that'll be fun to do. But at the main time, the main thing is if you're enjoying yourself, you know that's half the battle. And then you know, no doubt you'll make a connection with people who are absolutely interested uh, in well, the that. The thing is, so. with, with with audience comes monetization. So. Uh, I was speaking to a guy a few years ago at a, a conference called Social Media Marketing World here in San Diego. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, um, we were 
we were up this they have this 40th 44th floor or something it's a bar you get to see the whole panoramic san diego around you it's really cool and i'm talking to this dude and he says yeah you know i, I haven't been able to monetize my blog yet i said okay what's your blog about and he told me and i forget what it was and i said well how many viewers are you getting to your blog and he was like i'm like 40 a month i'm like 40,000. he's like no 40 and i said oh <laughs> yeah. that's gonna be hard to monetize it's gonna be tough to monetize 40 people and i said well what, why did you decide to do that? He goes, well, I thought that that's you know, what the market wanted. I said, well, all right. Well, so if we went over right there and we sat down and we started talking, what, what would you talk about? And he goes, football. And I, and I said, okay. And he goes, yeah, I love World Cup and I love uh, the strategy you know, behind when, when the, you know, the coach takes out the players oh, yeah. and what their, their plays are. I, I can talk about that all day. I said, then why don't you have an audience with like, or why don't you have a blog like that? And he says, well, I don't know how to monetize it. I said, Okay, and I took him around the room, and I there was a bunch of speakers that had spoken at the event. So these are you know it was Pat Flynn and Joel Com and all these people. Yeah. And I said, and I and I asked all of them with that blind. I just walked up and said, Hey, uh, Joel, what was your monetization strategy when you started blank? Then I said, Pat, what was your monetization strategy when you when you started blank? And all of them looked at me like there was no monetization strategy. I just started doing it. Yeah. So. I said, you go start your blog on, on the strategy behind, you know, World Cup football, and you will find an audience. It's the most popular game in the world. There's going to be other people that have those same things. If you start getting 100,000, you know, page views a month or something like that, you can start doing whatever you want with that audience. You can make, you can easily monetize that. So it's, it's with audience comes monetization. With uh, content comes audience. With you know, passion comes content. So you've got to sort of start all the way back and make sure you're doing something that you want to, you really want to be talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Makes, makes perfect sense. And it sounds so simple when you say it, but a lot of people kind of miss that. And as you say, yeah, oh, I'll put together a Snapchat blog because that's what people will want. But if you don't have the passion, you don't have the want or the desire, it's not going to be too successful for you. This is Content Academy. I want to, let me, I want to architect something really quick just so people have, like a, a rubber meets the road idea of how to take what I just said and actually implement it. So I have, I had this idea. Um, here's, here's where I had the idea for this new show is I was coming back from another, uh, like audio show. What they do is they, they'll, they'll get a hotel, the audio people and every suite will be a new, a different manufacturer and they'll have different speakers and gear and cables and stuff like that in each, each room. And you get to go and listen to them. And you go room to room to room to room to room. And so it's, you know, and it's, these are ridiculous people. These are, these are people that friendships are lost when someone used silver stranded speaker wire versus spot copper. You're like, yeah. oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're like, you're, you know, so a pox on your firstborn. So they, so it's crazy techie, but they're also people that spend $400,000 on their stereo system. I mean, it's crazy the money that's in this industry. Wow. So, so, and, and it's just, you, you ask them and they go, oh, you know, oh, blah, blah, here's my new whatever. And you know how much it? They're like, it's uh, 27. And then they mean 27,000. You go, how, how can you say that to me with a straight face? It's just like a little box that sits on my, you know, stereo, whatever. So I was driving back from that and I was like, oh, I want to nerd out and listen to more, a podcast about audiophile stuff and like hear people reviewing speakers and things like that. Doesn't exist. It's literally not on iTunes. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm searching for all the keywords that have anything to do with the stuff I like. Stereo, audio, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
and it doesn't exist. And I said, okay, well, there's white space. There's a massive amount. These are people that love to talk about this subject. They love it. And they'll spend money. So I know there's white space there. There's like, hmm, there's just some interesting. But I'm kind of a beginner. I'm not a, I'm not, you know, this super techie audio guy. So I came up with this brand beginner audio file because I want to now take people with my, through the journey with me. So I don't have to be an expert. I just have to be someone who's going through it and documenting what I'm going through, right? Yeah. So that's, that's step one. And that's something that Gary Vee has talked about a lot lately, which is if you're going to start a business right now, I don't want to see you as an expert. You know what I mean? I don't want to see you as an expert business coach six months into after graduating college. Like that's not mm, what I want to see yeah. from you. I would rather see your content curated in a way that says, I'm brand new. I want to get into you know, uh, sports agent marketing or something like that or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And then you document that process. That's something that people can buy into because they love documentaries and they love reality shows. So you can give them your version of a reality show, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook Live or a blog or a podcast. Right. Yeah. So so that's how you can document that. In my case, obviously, it's an audio based show. I love audio. Podcast made tons of sense. So I said, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to call it Beginner Audio File. I grabbed the domain name, and then I did nothing for months. Mm. I wrote to a bunch of manufacturers. Everyone ignored me because that's what happens because they don't know you at all. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter that I, my show has had 8 million downloads, <laughs> but they don't know that this new thing is zero downloads. So, so it took me going to a show in Denver where I made some business cards. I walked around. I met all the marketing people. I shook a bunch of hands and said, you know... Um, I'm, I'm doing the show. This is what I want, blah, blah, blah. So then I started getting some gear in. But how I set it up from a technical standpoint was <clears throat> I got a Leadpages account, right? So yeah. leadpages.com, leadpages.net, actually. And I set up a single landing page. And all the landing pages, is it, it, you guys can check it out. It's beginneraudiofile.com. And it's just a, uh, a little kind of like, you know, give me your name and email address, and we're going to be giving away some gear, and we'll let you know when the podcast comes out. So not even a not even an opt-in, not even a, a um, you know like a lead capture device of any sort. I'm not giving them anything. I'm just saying, hey, yeah, just you know, you're going to be notified, right? Yeah. Then I set up an Instagram account, and all the Instagram account does, I post a picture or two a day. One thing I love about the industry is the industrial design of the gear, just this beautiful woodworking and metalworking and things like that. So yeah, I you know I highlight some photos, I do some videos of some unboxing of some gear, that kind of thing. And I don't have a ton of followers yet, but it's the architecture that's important, which is I've got a Instagram account. The logo looks nice. The brand looks nice because that's what I did for a living forever. And then it says, you know, click the link for free, give, free gear giveaways and things like that. So I've got, you know, I've added 400 people to the list in a couple uh, to the account in a couple months. And I have 100 people on my mailing list now because they click that. It goes right to the lead page and they put their name and email address in. And all I did is I bought the domain name on GoDaddy, and then I forwarded it right to the lead page. So you can't tell that it's not its own website. It's just on lead pages. Gotcha, yeah. But the, the whole thing good. took me like a half hour to set up a, a, essentially a funnel for anybody that's interested in this. And then, of course, I went out and just started following anybody that had anything to do with the, the audio industry. Like all the big major players all follow me now. And so it's like I built this brand up, and I fully expect that when I go to CES and I'm wearing – I'll probably make a T-shirt or something or two. Yeah. And that people go, oh, I've seen you on Instagram. You know, like, Excellent. so it's, it's all, it all kind of is a holistic approach to this. 
But everything I just said took me about 30 minutes and it, it legitimized the company and legitimized the business. So if you're just starting off and you need a presence of some sort, you've got to pick whatever platforms match the industry the best. So like if I were doing, again, soccer, I would do um, probably something in video, right? But because I'm doing yeah. audio, I'm doing like um, a podcast. But then because the gear is beautiful, the two I chose is a podcast and Instagram. So those are the two things I'm putting all of my eggs into right now. Excellent. So you uh, that make sense? It certainly does. So you've made a conscious decision to focus on those two, um, I suppose, outlets and ignore the rest for the time being. And I'm That's right. It that way. Yeah. Brilliant. That's right. And with that, I, I know Gary Vaynerchuk, he's, he's talking a lot about, I suppose, document, don't create when it comes to content. And that's kind of a, a new, uh, I suppose, a new thing that we've seen over the last few months. How will, what will your content creation look like for this, this new brand, this new business? Will it be a podcast a week, a podcast a month, and then kind of daily or weekly Instagram updates initially? And have you plans to build that any bigger than that, Michael? Or, or you know, perhaps you haven't gotten that far because obviously it's only starting out and it's all about the opportunity that comes along. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's it's very liquid. Uh, it really depends a lot on my co-host, and I, you know, I'm pretty amped and I have all the gear and I can do a podcast whenever. It would be easy for me to do weekly or twice weekly. Yeah. Um, because though I've got a, uh, because we have like we have to get gear in, and we have to spend some time with it and listen to it and that kind of thing. We'll probably go twice a month because yeah. with a podcast you can always add, but you shouldn't subtract. So I don't want to go yeah. like once a week and then we can't handle that, uh, that, that schedule and have to peel back. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to start with, you know, I'll start with three shows probably for the day one and then we'll go, I'll, I'll do another one in a couple of weeks on a Monday or something like that and try, try to do something like that. And then, you know, if people dig it, it's a way that we can put our toe in the water and if people dig it, then we can think about, uh, you know, adding more and, and seeing how it goes. But but yeah, it's it's daily Instagram posts and twice a month podcasts. Excellent. Well, look, best to look. That all sounds like it's it's you're, you're definitely starting on the right tracks there. So hopefully it works out very well for you. Um, with that, I know Instagram is something you've been having a lot of success with uh, recently. Um, I suppose looking from afar. Um, is is Instagram a big focus for all of your businesses for for the coming year, or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think so. I. I still really like Instagram as a as a content platform. I've been doing just kind of a very methodical build this year, and I went from I, th I think two thousand to I'm I'm at fifteen thousand now. So that's been a, a really good exercise. Yeah, and it's you know you start getting I I mean I I don't think that's a particularly large number, and it hasn't been done kind of virally. It's been very sort of slow and methodical. I need to make some tweaks and make it a little more viral, meaning I think I need to be a little more involved because I have a guy right now who's cranking out, you know, quotes and things like that. But but I need to do a better job documenting the, the journey that I'm going through as well. And I think that that is what's going to happen in 2017 is I'm going to be definitely much more active in, you know... It's like this weird fine line between narcissism and content. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. it, it, at some point you, you go, all right, and this is something that Snapchat taught us, is that most people are really boring. Most people's lives are incredibly boring, and I don't, wanna, I don't care at all about what you're doing. So yeah. it's like, how can I illustrate what the solopreneur hour is about 
in an entertaining way on social media. That's really the, the next thing. It's one thing to sit and do coaching. I do videos like that, but, but it's another thing to go, all right, this is really what the lifestyle looks like uh, if, when you're living it, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and like I said, it's a fine line between the look at me and the, this is adding some value to someone's life. Yeah, it's a great mix. I mean, uh, so I, when I went to wish uh, people Merry Christmas on our Instagram account, you know, I was there and, and sometimes I just I just say a message. So I was just going to do a piece to camera. Uh, but we had a lot of friends around. So we had a, a bit of a party here on the 24th. Uh, so we actually did a, a mannequin challenge. Just a little kind of that. It was a bit silly, you know, managed to get everybody at the party to kind of buy into it. And I wish people a Merry Christmas. And I just showed a little video, which is only 18 seconds long, of uh, of our mannequin challenge of exchanging gifts, you know. And that actually went down really well. It was shared a lot of times and people actually really liked it. And then there were some funny comments on it. And it was, it's, I think it's just a case of knowing how to engage and, you know, try not to t- put too many, uh, I suppose, pictures of food on your Instagram account, no matter how much effort you might be putting in. That, again, is something which we see an awful lot of. But I I like that medium a lot more than, let's say, Snapchat at the moment. I'm, I, yeah. have, I have to get into Snapchat, you know, dare I say, maybe. You know, uh, at the age of 30, slightly too old for Snapchat. So uh, (laughs) I'm 45, dude. And I was on it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's weird. Snapchat has a thing where it 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 did have I should I don't know. It's it had the ability to do this really great storytelling um, aspect. So but again, the problem, it, it always funneled back to talent. There were some people I knew that were great at storytelling and great at cuts. Like my buddy Joel Com, I don't know if he's still Snapchatting a ton, but he was so good at telling these amazing Snapchat stories. And you would just want to find him. But when you looked at the ROI from it, you know, he would end up getting five or six hundred views or something to those, maybe two thousand at his max. But I could when when Instagram Live or whatever came out, I yeah. could quintuple my views right out of the gates. And it was more people that were in my in my space, if you will. So, you know, I, I, the, the bottom line is Snapchat is perfect if it's perfect for you. Podcasting is perfect. Facebook Live is perfect. Uh, they're all great. Everyone, there's, there's success in every little corner of the internet right now. And you just have to find the thing that you're most comfortable with. And, you know, writers, writers write. That, that's a, one of my stories I've been saying lately is that Jerry Seinfeld was approached by this guy and he said, yeah, I'm thinking about becoming a Hollywood screenwriter. And Jerry said, you'll never make it. And he said that because writers write. You don't think about it. You just start writing. So if you like Snapchat, you just start snapping. If you like blogging, start blogging. And it's like you don't want to hear it, kind of. Just go, yeah, dude, just go do it then. You know, go knock yourself out. Absolutely. I mean, we've got some friends who are doing a similar thing, you know, uh, two local idiots uh, and very simple. They're putting out 30 to, you know, 60 second, you know, comedy clips uh, on Facebook, YouTube. It's, it's going all around the place and it's been picked up. It's been received really, really well. They were doing that, doing it for free, you know, no real angle to it, just that's what they like to do. And they're quite funny, so it was picked up. But the upshot of that is they're very close to getting a TV show now out of it. So it's, mm. it's kind of where it comes down to it. If it puts yourself out there, you'll open the door for, for a host of opportunities as well along the way. So it might not be the, the actual you know platform Snapchat itself that would bring the success, but it's getting that audience and then that success maybe comes in, in other areas. Creating great content, finding an audience, building engagement, monetizing your blog. This is Content Academy. 
Um, I know we were speaking before, and I know you, you've been wor- you've been spending a bit of time uh, working on a course. Uh, Michael, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I I have a uh, so my show, which is very similar to this in in a way, is very conversational. It's like that we I hit I always I always say I hit record and I hit stop and whatever happens in between <laughs> is what the show is. So I don't do any editing to it or anything. And and there's a real art to a good podcast conversation. It's it's one of those, or, or really any conversation. It's not even just a, a, a podcast conversation, but there's a real art and a dance to it, especially on uh, on a show, on a podcast, because there's you've got someone who's on your show that that is essentially doing you a huge favor by providing content for your audience. And what I found was so many people in especially the entrepreneurial space that aren't really considering that when they when they bring them on the show. It's like this it's like this sponge where they're just grabbing the data and they're not doing a lot to to edify or uh, uh, coddle the the guest. Yeah. And and I hope coddle is not a weird word in Ireland. I'm sorry if it is. No, that's um, actually a form of food, but we'll, we'll move on because I don't think it's too popular. <laughs> what is it? What is the form of food? Um, it's a sort of it's a sort of a boiled fish type dish. <laughs> which uh, <laughs> if you were served that as a child, you'd be going, "Oh dear God!" Oh, <laughs> and no. that's it. You have to eat that before you get another meal. But yeah, let's, let's uh, not digress into that too much. Like spotted. Uh, never mind. So anyway, um, it's you want you want to cater them. You want to cater to them and make them feel great to be on your show. And we do some, excuse me, we do some things that, that aren't like we've ignored broadcasting and media to uh, forever to start these shows. And we paid attention to some, 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 I don't know, icons, some people, local people that, that haven't been doing it well, but they've made a lot of money. So they, everyone sort of models a few of these people and we're just really bad as a whole at podcasting. So, so I think because I grew up with listening to Howard Stern, who's a big American. Yeah, he's uh, excellent. Uh, you yeah. Guys, yeah, so he, but he's he's a fantastic interviewer. But you know, um, Barbara Walters and John Stewart and Charlie Rose and all these, you know, Larry King, Cal Fussman, um, all these great interviewers, and they really know how to do it. They know the real skill involved in getting a great story from someone. And if you think about how you learned growing up, you learned because your teacher was dynamic and interesting and probably told stories. That's why you learned. That's why that was your favorite teacher. It's the ones that the classes that you hated were the ones that just gave you data. And they were just like, like algebra, like here's this and you have to cross this off. And meanwhile, that's all we seem to be doing with podcasts. It's just giving data, data, data. So I had a lot of people that asked me, you know, how can you teach me how to interview better? And I was like, man, how do I even teach someone how to have a better conversation? Because good conversations about connecting disparate dots and having, you know, maybe a narrative, certainly a good interview is probably to have a narrative of some sort that you are, you know, sharing with your audience. And, you know, what is it, what is it that this particular guest can teach my audience? And how can I, the host, A, translate that information for my audience and B, make it entertaining and C, make the guests feel great to be on my show. Like how can all those things happen at the same time? And so I eventually, I, it took me forever to figure out how to even teach it. And then I came up with it. Um, and I've been working on it for like six months. It's called the art of the interview. 
And it's uh, and I'm really proud of it. I mean, it's uh, literally today as we speak, it, it finally kind of went live on the new platform that it's on. And so, you know, hopefully people will dig it. And I'll, I'm yeah. just about to start peppering the Internet with uh, some ads. <laughs> so Excellent. hopefully uh, people like it. Yeah. No, I, that's it's really interesting that you, you, you know, you've delved into that because essentially uh, we've been well, myself and Phil Phil's not here today, but we were podcasting since 2010 uh, and, you know, doing live radio, you know, pretty it's pretty big audience stuff. And studying conversation has always been something that I've, I've been intrigued with. So there's, I mean, there's a couple of much cru- crucial conversations as one, which is, is really exceptional. But there's, there's none I find that really deal with this topic directly. There's a lot of books in and around that and the art of, you know, maybe when you have conversations with people when you first meet them and how to, you know, get people to open up and ask certain questions that are a little bit personal and give an answer. So the, I suppose the dance, the art, everything you're talking about there, Michael, it, it all sounds really interesting to me. But maybe that's just the the, the nerdy podcaster inside coming out. <laughs> well, that's the hope. Um, you know, but I, I definitely think that that would be very, very interesting for people. I will have a link to that absolutely in the show notes. Um, yeah. Um, I believe uh, you also you also have your uh, your coaching program as well. Yeah, I have a group called Solo Lab. Again, same kind of idea. It's one of those things that when you have when you start getting an audience of some sort, they'll tell you what they want. And you know, instead of going out and, and feeling like you have to create something that maybe a lot of people don't want or you don't know if they want, the cool thing about a lot of uh, you know having an audience of some sort, whether it's on your blog or your podcast or whatever is you can just ask them, be like, hey, what do you, you know, what do you want? What do you, what do you need right now? And then they tell you and you go, okay, that's what I'm going to make. So that's kind of what, how Solo Lab happened. I started the show. It was pretty, that was 2013. Um, it, I got an audience pretty quickly and they started asking, do you do any coaching? Do you do any coaching? Do you know? I didn't. Uh, I did not make, I didn't do any coaching. And yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. But after the 40th person said, do you do any coaching? I'm like, all right, yeah, I do coaching. Um, you know, so it was like a lot of no's and someone goes, Hey, I guess I do in fact. And so I just created this group called solo lab and we, it's a, a, a unique kind of mastermind in that I really put a lot of, uh, one-on-one time into it versus I think a lot of people in, in the space, which, which really like, the, yeah. like technically you should scale it. The smart thing is to scale it. But for me, I, I always find it to, to work a little better, you know, if you can actually have the conversation so you know they get you know coaching calls with me they get a weekly hangout with me where everybody who's on it who happens to be on the hangout gets their questions answered got a private facebook group there's a couple of courses they get for free um and it's all part of the it's all part of being solo lab so i love it it's one of those things that i learn every single wednesday when we meet and you know i i hope that they do as well I've no doubt they do, Michael. Um, thanks for sharing that with us. And coaching, it is something which is interesting because, as you say, a lot of people don't realize that they can be coaches until they're identified as a subject matter expert and get those questions. You know, will you do this? Will you do this? Will you? Do? And then eventually that comes comes to the fore. Now, Phil isn't here today. He always asks one question, so I'm, mm. I'm going to make sure that I do include it for him. And essentially, it is this what is the one thing uh, that you would tell yourself to do if you were starting out again from everything you've experienced so far? 
uh, ironically, and I was just about to share that I would I would get coaching earlier. So I would I would see the importance of investing in myself and in my business earlier than I have. Like right now, I'm seeking a new coach for 2017. And, you know, from the outside, you go, oh, well, haven't you already you already have a show and this and that. None of that ever stops. You just you you sort of look around, you decide who's doing something that you want in your life or who's living a life that you would like and you try to work with them. And that's really what has to happen. So if you're just starting out, the the first thing I would do is get into some sort of whatever you can afford, whoever you like, you know, listen to a bunch of podcasts, you know, read a bunch of blogs. If that person does coaching, you know, join their group and see how it is. I've, all my friends have groups of some sort. Pat Flynn and Chris Ducker and John Lee Dumas and all those folks all have uh, the Fizzle guys, all have coaching groups in addition to me. And so, you know, and I'm certain that they don't promote mine on, on other people's shows, but, <laughs> but I think that you need to really match with the person that, the, the, the kind of coaching style that you like the best. I tend to be a, a very, you know, no excuses kind of dude. So, you know, I don't just because that's how I came up, you know. And yeah. so if someone needs someone that really is like, oh, you know, you didn't, you know, you missed your appointment. You didn't. You were supposed to call me on Tuesday. That's not me. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I feel like you're going to you're going to want to you're going to you need to want it. And I will be there when you want it kind of thing. So so that's the that I would say that's it. The, the, the coaching piece is so critically important to accelerating this process. And if you are impatient, like most of us are, then that's the, the number one cure for impatience. Yeah, I, I would agree with that so much. Uh, and in fact, even with the fact, you know, masters in business, years of experience, a whole lot going on. Um, I'm at, at the moment being called Todd Herman. I'm, I'm doing his 90 day year piece. Um, and again, that's just to, you know, keep things moving forward because I can't agree with you more, Michael, that we always need to invest in ourselves to grow and, and to get better. And the, the second that stops, you know, good luck. It, it's it's over nearly, I, I would say. So, and also nice to hear you mentioned Chris. We're going to have Chris Ducker on the show uh, in a couple of weeks' time as well. So looking forward Jack to that. So make him do his, uh, have him do his Yoda impression. Excellent. I'll, I definitely, I'll take a note of that and do that. So, um, I suppose we're, we're thanks, Michael, so much for all the time that you have shared with us today. If people are looking to reach out to you, um, how could they do so? Uh, they can reach me. I think you said earlier in the show, uh, solo hour is really where all my stuff is. So S O L O H O U R, uh, solo.com and on Instagram and Facebook and all those things. Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, thanks so much for coming on, uh, and, uh, best of luck with everything in 2017. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate it, man. This is content Academy. I'll tell you, Paul, that was some show, some show indeed. Yeah, it was great fun as well. Really, Michael, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I think one of the things that just stood out so much was, you know, his passion for things that maybe are a little bit left of center. And we started talking about his, you know, the, the audio file business that, that you know, he's, he's setting up his podcast and about. I'm kind of thinking, oh, God, where is this going? And then the more and more he gets into it, I thought it was really, really interesting that it kind of highlights, you know, he has found something that he is interested in and because he is interested in it, he knows that other people are going to be interested in it. And now he's growing yet another 
business to put on top of his, you know, solo era success. So from that point of view, I think there's a lot that people can take from it because again, it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to always be copying what's already out there, but equally you don't have to feel that, well, you know, my idea is too small because if you're passionate about it, you're interested about it. Others, you know, should be too. Yeah. And as he said, there's a bit of white space in there that he realized there wasn't a podcast about this stuff and he's found a bit of white space and now he's pushing forward, trying to fill that gap. Um, and listen, it kind of one of the things that you said there and one of the things that I got from listening back to the show was patience, uh, something that you said and passion and it really came across from Michael that, you know, one of the, the things that I loved was the fact that he was saying, you know, you really have to, um, you know, you really have to be patient in this game that people aren't going to be pay, atten- pay attention to you when you start out and that you've got to do it for the love of doing it. And, you know, it's he kind of said that the number one usurper to success is that people don't have enough patience to stick through the part where nobody cares. And it re- that really stuck out to me as something we've we've been through ourselves and we see time and time again, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. When we started talking about fantasy football, people thought you're absolutely mad. Who cares? Blah, blah, blah. And and eventually it did turn into a, a thriving business after a couple of years. So again, it's sticking with what you know, what you're passionate about and then and moving things forward and always turn the dial. So all exciting stuff. And yeah, great show. And, you know, Michael, just, you know, just a fun, fun guy. Yeah, it really was. Actually, you said at the, the, the top of the show, Paul, that you felt like it was just a genuine conversation that you forgot you were recording a podcast. And it actually felt like that listening in. Um, it didn't it didn't feel as if it was an interview. It felt like the two of you genuinely just sat down to have a chat. And uh, some of the other bits that I really liked from the show, Paul, it was um, obviously there was talk of Gary V in there as well and his kind of content um, curation or uh, creation versus documentation it was. And uh, yeah, kind of Michael was saying, no, it's a very f- weird, fine line between narcissism and content. And I, really, I was kind of chuckling away to myself because it really is. But it's still something people should bear in mind that just if you're doing something, people could be interested in the process, not necessarily the finished product. So take some time, maybe document what you're doing, almost like a case study. And uh, you could use that as some great, great content. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's that transformation that you go through, no matter how large or how small it is, that ultimately also is what people are more interested in. So sometimes that can actually maybe grab more attention. If you've got a good story, it could be picked up and it could be marketed very, very well. But ultimately that would bring a lot of eyeballs to your content. And then, you know, the people who will be actually interested, they're the ones who are going to stick around. So it's, it's an interesting way to potentially look to grow your audience as well. So, you know document it have it there and then you can decide if you're going to use it or if you're not you know it's it's better to have it than not yeah listen it's uh, better to be looking at it than to be looking for it and the, one of the final pieces that i want to go through that kind of really stuck with me was you spoke to michael about his this the audio file podcast that he's setting up um and the business that he's hoping that it will turn into and he's starting he started out he said with literally lead pages um an instagram account and that was pretty much it and uh, he's just been uh popping up some stuff on instagram he has his lead pages account there with an opt-in form i think and that's pretty much all he decided to start with to try and build a presence he got some uh, he just got some business cards and went off to a couple of events around uh, around that kind of niche and that's how he's managed to start building a little bit of traction before he even started creating any content i just thought for people out there who get so hung up 
on the nuts and bolts and the website and the content and the social and the pictures and everything else that goes with it that maybe just simplifying it down picking a platform or two and starting with those in mind and then building out from there would be would be a really good solid piece of advice yeah completely and i mean the key thing with that is he's got a unique take uh, on something which isn't that covered so he's just looking for the people who have the passion for that and letting them know you know what something cool might be coming along check it out here uh, and again it's so easy i always find it so easy to hide behind the task of creating the website of creating the you know the autoresponders of creating the, the you know the pictures even just for your site uh, and it's very it's much more difficult to actually start reaching out and put meaningful posts out on social media and actually be building a list and be a little bit more kind of genuine like that so it's great that that's the way that he went because then when you start off, okay, you might only get five, 10, 20 people on that list, but that's a good starting point and a good way to realize, you know what, do these people like it? Is it working? Is it not? And then you can kind of grow from there. Whereas, you know, the other way around is most people would maybe start building that website for those six months and, and do that mm. instead. So again, put yourself out there, try connect with people as early as possible and it doesn't take that much. And that, that was really the thing there. Look, an Instagram yeah. account is free. You know, lead page is okay. There's a, there's a small nominal monthly fee there as well, but you don't necessarily even need to do that. You can do, there's other ones that you could do for free if you want to just get stuff moving. So nice stuff, nice nice take on it. Yeah. Kind of remind us we don't actually need to have everything perfect. Let's just get one or two simple things and let's see where that takes us. Yeah, it is. And even uh, Michael's take on how often he's going to publish this podcast. He was saying that it's, you know, maybe he's going to have three ready to go live on launch day. And then after that, it might be just two a month. And he kind of said he'd rather get to grips with the scheduling now and figure out what's possible instead of kind of aiming for one a week and having to scale back. And I thought that message was very, very uh, clear that he understood that he wants to be tested for see how much time he has what it's going to work out how long it's going to take and then if he can scale up he will instead of aiming for one a week and having to push it back and i think a lot of people can learn lessons from that as well paul in terms of the schedule they set themselves for producing content yeah absolutely i mean you know one piece of content one podcast a month or you know two podcasts a month is, is still a decent amount of work when you factor in the time for recording the time for editing the you know the promotion that's going to be needed uh, and everything around that so you know if you kick it off and as i mean the point he makes is that you know you don't want to give the impression that you're scaling stuff back because it's not being successful or you know whatever so it's more grow it out the other way so you know consistency being steady was the one thing mm. that i kind of saw from that so as you're highlighting yeah. grow it don't look to reduce it because that just just it just gives the bad the, the wrong message yeah it does it does but i mean it's just it's it's, it's these simple little things that can make a big big difference and i suppose on a personal note as well for me i was a little bit disgusted i knew michael was a drummer and i was actually wanted to have a little geek out on the drums with michael while, I, while we were on the show so i was disgusted i missed that but uh, i'm sure we'll get him again yeah yeah certainly and i suppose to phil is a drummer so there you go you might want to share that so um i suppose that just in case people didn't know <laughs> yeah i think uh, anyway we'll, we'll go from there but anyway paul uh thank you for that fantastic interview with michael thanks again to michael for taking the time out as always folks if you want to get any and all of today's show notes and i do suggest you go and check those out there's links to michael's so uh, solo lab and indeed everything else he's up to you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 62 that's episode 62 for all of today's show notes and uh, we'll chat to you soon all the best 
You have been listening to the Content Academy podcast. If you would like to comment on any of today's show or subscribe to the series, find us at content.academy forward slash podcast.